episode of Fermented Adventure, the podcast is brought to you by Fermented Adventure. Dolan, we have merchandise. Yes, we do. How do people find our merchandise? They need to go onto our website at fermentedadventure.com and click on the apparel tab. So go to fermentedadventure.com and click on the apparel tab. And what will they find? They will find our Fermented Adventure, the podcast shirt, may contain alcohol, and we have a couple specials that we just did. Uh, Cerveza made me do it, and tequila made me do it. Now, this is perfect for spring break, Cinco de Mayo, or even the summer, and you'll look really cool, and you'll be able to say, hey, it wasn't me, it was tequila or cerveza that made me do it. Yes, that's true. We have different things. We have shirts, we have glasses. What are some of the other things we have in there? Women's stuff, men's stuff, tank tops. Tanks, tees, sweatshirts, pullover hoodies, you name it. You name it, we have it, and more to come, right? More to come. FermentedAdventure.com. Click on the apparel tab. Buy the merchandise. Cheers! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, craft spirit enthusiasts, and those interested in the intoxicating world of craft distilleries, cideries, meaderies, wineries, and the occasional foray into breweries. It's Rich Shane, and welcome to Fermented Adventure, the podcast, where we bring you the fascinating people that are making the mash fermenting, distilling, bottling, pouring, and delivering to you some of the finest libations in the world. Before we get started, here are a few housekeeping items. Thank you for bringing the podcast into wherever you are and whatever you're doing. We truly are grateful that you've chosen to listen and make us part of your day. It would mean the world to us if you left a five-star review. This helps us climb in the rankings and it makes it easier for others to find us. Don't hesitate to leave us your comments as well. If the podcast didn't meet your expectations, tell us why. We're always striving to improve. You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, F.A. Nation, let's meet our guests. He's Glenn Smith. I'm Rich Shane. This is Fermented Adventure, the podcast. And today we get to sit down and talk to brewery tours. Glenn, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. So thanks for taking the time to talk to us today about brewery tours. Talk to me. Let me know. Let everybody else know. What is brewery tours? How did you guys get started? Absolutely, Rich. So I like to call brewery tours the ultimate craft beer experience, because when you break it down, the tours and experiences that we created here were what I wanted to go on and what I wanted to experience. And I took the chance that there were a lot more people like me out there. And so far it's, it's held true. So where we all started, this, this probably goes back almost 30 years now. Um, as I think about it. And well, you're only I, 25, Glenn. So I, know, I don't know. Right? This, yeah. this started with mom and dad <laughs> conception all the way back then. Is that how it works for you? <laughs> it was ordained, I guess. Okay. <laughs> So, you know, over almost the past three decades, I've really enjoyed going around the country and visiting and experiencing small craft breweries. You know, whether I was going to a particular destination because of that brewery or we were visiting a particular area and you start looking, you know, before Google, you know, what breweries are in the area. And as much as I enjoyed drinking the craft beer, I really enjoyed hearing the stories, the whys and the hows that were behind the beer. So, you know, if you happen to be with me, inevitably I would disappear and everybody go, where'd Glenn go? 
you know, because I probably found the brewer and I'm talking to him or her. And I just wanted to hear the stories because I think they're so powerful and they're so unique. And, you know, over the years, I really began to understand the uniqueness and the diversity of the craft beer world that we have here in the United States. So fast forward to the early 2000s. And you know, I live in York County, Pennsylvania, which is you think of Pennsylvania as a big rectangle. We're all the way down at the bottom in the middle. And there was a, rejuvenate, a rejuvenation that happened uh, in the, the early 2000s. And one of the things that came out of it was the first brewery in York County since the 1940s. Fast forward a decade later to today, we went from zero to 28 breweries in a decade, which is amazing growth. But as those breweries were growing, I was kind of watching this and nobody really seemed to be doing anything about it. And after a while of me complaining constantly, why is somebody not doing something about this? My better half, uh, she eventually sat me down because I was driving her crazy. And she said, either do something about it or shut the hell up. <laughs> so I decided to do something about it. And we created brewery tours in 2017 as a way to shine a spotlight on the amazing craft beer scene that was developing in South Central Pennsylvania. Now, go back, because you're talking 30 years ago where craft brewing still was more than in its infancy. Not a lot of craft brewing companies out there to see. So you were really blazing a trail. I mean, they were there, but not to the explosion. You said zero one day, 28, you know, in a short time later. For you, what was it that appealed to you about craft brewing? And I understand the get behind the scenes and be fascinated by the stories. That's where the podcast came from. But for you, like, what was that experience like just 30 years ago and not too many breweries out there? Yeah, it's for, for any of your listeners that either live or grew up in the Lehigh Valley or in the Allentown, Pennsylvania area. I remember as a kid going to the Lehigh Valley Mall with my parents, and there was a restaurant there called Dunderbox. It was this German restaurant, a very authentic German restaurant. And in the beer garden, their walls were these refrigerators with beers from all over the world. And they would have the beer sheet on the table, which would have, I don't know, 100, 150, maybe even more beers on this list. And they were all broken down into the various countries that they were from, whether it was Germany or Scotland or Japan or Australia. And I've always enjoyed traveling. I've been fortunate enough to travel to a number of countries, you know, over, over my time on the planet so far. And I think perhaps maybe just not my interest in travel, but my interest in the, the different ways or different histories of countries kind of tied in with beer at a very early age. It wasn't that I was necessarily interested in beer as, as a kid, but it was part of the overall uh, excitement of other places. And one of the first things that I did when I turned 21 is I went back to Dunderbox with my dad and had, had my first beer with my dad. That's and an it awesome was interesting story. to say, okay, I want to get a beer from this country and I want to try a beer from that country. And I think that's where a lot of my, my curiosity about beer began. You said something that was very curious to me. You talked about the kind of experience you want to have as you do brewery tours. Talk about that experience 
as to what you want to have and how you translate that to your customer? Yeah. So that's, that's a great question. So, you know, I have a general premise that craft beer can be very intimidating. You know, you walk into a brewery, you know, today we've got, I think it's over 9,000 breweries in this country. So you go 9,000 breweries, an incredible amount of different styles. And even within the styles, there's different sub styles. And you walk into a brewery and you look at the board and you're like, oh, dear God, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. You know, that can be very intimidating for somebody who's even involved in, in craft beer world. So, you know, I, I had never had a problem going up and, and talking to the person behind the bar and asking questions. But a lot of people aren't necessarily as outgoing or, or interested in, in trying to do that. They'll just go, uh, give me a Coors Light or uh, a lager. And, and but call because people don't want people when you go into that environment and that atmosphere, there's an intimidation factor. And I think that people don't want to be perceived as not knowing what they're supposed to know or un, they don't want to feel uncomfortable just asking because of just the idea that they're supposed to have a knowledge of beer today, right? And you've I got to start somewhere, right? right? Yeah. What, what's the difference between a lager and a pilsner? What's the difference between a porter and a stout? What's the difference between these hops and IPAs and all that stuff? So if you're crafting, to use a word, if you're crafting that experience, talk more about what you're doing to help that customer or that client of yours become more comfortable and more, and more knowledgeable to the, to the scene as it is. I, I think you're spot on, Rich, with, with that observation. So with all of our tours, they're all led by our beer guides. And our beer guides are knowledgeable and experienced in the craft beer industry. They either work at breweries, they're home brewers, they're distributors. They have some exceptional level of experience with beer. So whether you're a novice or a craft beer aficionado, we are going to teach you something about beer, you know, to make the scene less scary. And one of the other things that we really strive to do is to introduce our guests to different styles that you may not necessarily run into or something that you would not, let's call it a safe bet. You know, if I'm going in into the bar, I am going to look at the board and go, OK, I've heard that one before. Let me have a stout or let me have, you know, a, a lager. Those, those are things that many people are familiar with. But all of a sudden, if you see a Kolsch or a Gosa or some other, you know, perceived exotic, you know, style, I'm not going to take a chance on that. I don't want to commit necessarily a pint to that and have a bad experience. I'm just going to get something safe. So we want to make sure that we introduce different styles to our guests to expand just not their mind, but their palate as well. Are you saying that when you have a tour set up and you go to a brewery, do you already have, and your beer guys, as you talk about, or I thought you said beer gods, which would even be cooler, but <laughs> if do you have them with a set, let's say a set um, tasting list or a set set pours that you're going to take them through so that they can experience those with, hey, this is exactly what you should expect if it's a sour or it's a stout, all the characteristics and even take them through that particular brewery's uh, example. So you're doing flights or is that kind of in a set way of doing it with your customers? Yeah. So with all of our tours, we visit three breweries. And at each of those breweries, 
we provide a flight. It's four or five ounce pours and everybody gets the same flight. So we can collectively as a group discuss them. And we work with the brewers in uh, determining what those beer lists are. So we're not getting like, you know, 10 IPAs or, you know, a whole bunch of sours. You know, we, we, we take a look at what they have on tap and try to make a very eclectic uh, group of beers. So sometimes we'll do a comparison, uh, you know, between similar styles of different breweries that are done differently. Maybe one has, you know, a different grain bill mix than the other one, but it's the same style. Or we'll make sure that we're coming up with uh, a wide variety of things that are different so we can uh, see how other styles may, you know, come across to you. You mentioned home brewers that work with your company. Have you ever done any home brewing with your vast interest in beer? I did. I, I finally, I've, I've wanted to, and I haven't had the time to do it. And, and I guess, you know, one of the silver linings of COVID is I had a heck of a lot of extra time on my hands. And I'm like, if I'm ever going to do it, I'm going to do it now. So I've, I've uh, enjoyed doing home brewing ever since and, and continue to do so. All right. So now this is something after 28 years, you finally were able to, to you know, jump in, do the home brewing. You've, you've talked to a bunch of people that have been doing it. Now you've been doing it now for the last couple of years. That's right. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. We started off with just doing the extracts and and bumped ourselves up the, the whole grain. And we, we've even uh, done a wet hop uh, beer the other year. One of the local hop farms, we went out there, helped them harvest the hops, and we got to take some home with us and make a beer out of it. Which so now you're, you're now you're starting to take a wall down in the house and make your own little home brewery, you know, <laughs> stuff like that, right? That's right. <laughs> now, you said you are in the York area. Is that where you're specifically based for the tours, or are there different areas for tours? Because you can go anywhere, right? That's right. That's right. So when, when I created the company back in 2017, I did... I did call it Brewery Tours. So we're, we're Brewery Tours LLC because I had the vision in my head at that time was we're going to expand and we're going to continue to grow this product. So, you know, in order to lay our foundation, I started in York, Pennsylvania, because that's where my family and friends are. And that's, you know, a receptive place to start where you have a lot of support. So we first started off with just a walking tour in the city of York because the city has five breweries all within a one square mile radius, which made it incredibly easy to walk. So it didn't require a significant capital contribution at that time. Response was, was very good. We quickly purchased our first brew bus and started running around the county and visiting breweries from there. So the initial tour line that we started off was it was brewery tours operating as the York County Ale Trail, which is still in operation today. And then back in the fall of last year, we expanded our tours to include uh, Hanover, Pennsylvania, which for your for your listeners who may not be aware of Hanover, Pennsylvania, that is the snack food capital of the of America. We've got we've got Utz and Snyder's of Hanover and Martin's Potato Chips. There's an awful lot going on with a really cool history background there as well. And then we also started a collaboration with the Northern Central Railway, which is also known as Steam in the History in the southern part of your county, to create a quarterly uh, event that is called Ales on the Rails, where we get to do tastings 
on a three hour train ride, which is a heck of a lot of fun. And they, they've been near sellouts ever since we started doing those. Uh, and then from there, uh, we've had conversations with other surrounding counties and expect to uh, be expanding our footprint in the near future. So yeah, so we can really expect it was meant to be generic. We can expect you out here in the Philadelphia area, right? Pretty soon. I would love to. <laughs> Talk about the from the beginning. Talk about some of the you know those aha moments when you knew with brewery tours you were onto something. What was some of the feedback and the reception that you received from people in the community? Yeah, you know, originally it was there. There was not a lot of people that understood, um, and and I would say that involved just not people in the community, but a lot of the brewers as well. Um, you know. It, it, there's not a lot of companies that do what we do. There are a handful of them around the country. So it's not something that people are readily familiar with. And it was one of those, okay, yeah, is this just another opportunity to drink or, you know, what, what, what are you doing here? And the, the way the company was designed, it was designed to be a tourism and economic driver. And, and, people were very cautious that guests were going to be coming from just not around the country, but just regionally to come and do this because they could visit a brewery at their own place. Mm -hmm. And it was very exciting, you know, when you first see the zip codes that are coming in, when people started booking you know, we put it out there in our first tour was in October of 17, or excuse me, October of 18. And by the end of the year, uh, we had a very steady flow of clientele coming in from all over Pennsylvania, uh, Maryland, and, and, if, and some of the other surrounding areas. And then next thing you know, we, we found ourselves on um, uh, What's Brewing, which is, I uh, know those guys out of Philadelphia. Uh, you have uh, Six Pack Joe and uh, Glenn out of Conshohocken. You got a lot of love from the brewing community. And just to be recognized, I guess that had to have been a great feeling to say, all right, we're, we're somewhere to where people are recognizing us now. Yes. And that, that was what was really you know, exciting for me because once people started realizing that what we're doing, it's not about us. You know, yeah, we're we're a for-profit company. It is, but it's always been our belief that it has to work for everybody. And what I mean by that, it has to work for the brewers and it has to work for us. And it wasn't us just trying to take advantage of breweries. We were trying to lift everybody up with what we're doing. And as that began to come become obvious from our actions, just not our words, people started hopping on the wagon. Or the bus, is, so to speak. That's right. Or the brew bus. <laughs> now, how many people get to go on a tour at one time? How many tours are you doing through the weekend? What's the schedule like for you now? Our normal tours run every Saturday and Sunday, 12 months out of the year. Uh, we we uh, take off at noon on those because one of the things that we want to do is we want to supplement what the breweries are already doing. We don't want to go there at happy hour. They don't need us. For that, you know, we want to be there when they're slower because it helps them, but it also helps us because our guests get to have those unique experiences that you would not be able to have with a crowded, you know, tap room. We get to have behind-the-scenes exposure that would not necessarily happen, you know, if they're very busy. So we do run our tours every Saturday and Sunday. 
the walking tour uh, is, uh, and the bus tour for that matter, both cap out at 16 people on the tour because we do want to keep it rather intimate as, as we go through those. Now, that being said, we also do offer charters and the charters, we're a lot more flexible in our timing, both during the week as well as hours, as long as I'm able to, to uh, wrangle up a couple of my brewers. We're, we're off running for birthday parties and weddings and corporate events and, and all sorts of things. And then very recently, we started working with the Pennsylvania Bus Association and the Maryland Motor Coach Association in working with the motor coaches to bring the big buses in. Uh, from a uh, a more uh, tourism standpoint as well. Wow, that sounds like just seeing a motor coach pull up at a craft brewery to me is just overwhelming. Like we're here and, you know, a lot of that excitement that surrounds that. It is. It is very exciting. And it's nice as we booked our, our first uh, motor coach event not too long ago as for a motor coach out of New York. So, you know, it's it's great that we we have them coming here and being interested in something that I have been very excited and passionate about. So you arrive at the brewery, you as you talked about, you have your flight. Do you offer time for people if they want to enjoy different beers that aren't on the flight or if they say, I love this, I'd like to get more. And obviously, if if the brewery is selling, you know, cans, uh, bottles, growlers, the question is, is there a refrigeration space if you need one on the bus or how does that work? I know I threw a lot of stuff at you. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, we can handle it. We can handle it. It's all good. So yeah, we this encourage- is our rapid fire portion of the questions. <laughs> okay. We we encourage people to bring their growlers with them or bring a cooler to put a four pack or a crowler or something in there to take home with them one of the beers that they really liked having. And by all means, we certainly encourage people to if they see something on the board that we weren't trying that particular day to either get a sample of it or grab a pint. We spend about about an hour at at each of the breweries that we have, and we certainly encourage them to, you know, grab a, grab a little, a little something to eat and uh, some merchandise to uh, remind them of the uh, cool place that they were just at. Now, is there merch for brewery tours? Can people buy that on the tour? I mean, I, you oh, don't want to miss yeah. out on that, right? <laughs> yes. It's, it's what we like to call our crafty merchandise line. So yeah, we have shirts and hats and koozies and stickers and glasses and all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, and you can get those on our website. We ship them all around the country. Now, you mentioned the Ale Trail, right? Is that something that you have a passport for? Is that something you're working with a uh, community Ale Trail or a brewery Ale Tour? Is that something you're working with, too? It is not. So the the those particular tours are conducted by the local CDBs, the Convention and Visitors Bureaus. You know, for example, the York County area has something called the Good Libations Trail and Adams County has the Poor Tour and a number of other communities have very similar things. And those are I like to refer those as your DYIs. Those are here's a map or perhaps there's an app on your phone that will show you the various participating breweries, distilleries, wineries. And you can go there and you can pony up to the bar and look, you know, look up what's there and it's like, give me this or give me that. And you're doing it yourself. Gotcha. We're the contractors. So there's people in the world that like to do work on the house themselves. I'm not one of them. I'll screw it up every time. I'm calling the contractor and having them come and do the work. We're the contractors. Now, you must have tried hundreds of breweries, thousands of breweries by now. Do you have favorites that stand out, places that you've gone throughout the country or ones that are, you know, I know there are 28 in York 
alone, as you said. Mm-hmm. So they're all your favorite children. But are there some that stand out and say, you know, if 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 I were inviting people into town or if I were traveling to that area in the country, I got to make sure I stop there. Yeah. You know, and, and you're right. You know, at the end of the day, I always like to refer to them. They're all my children. I love them all the same. And they're all unique and different amongst each other. So it's always very hard because it's never an apples to apples comparison. You know, but that being said, there are uh, certain stories that are very compelling to me, um, which is not to say others that 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 aren't being mentioned today aren't special and unique because they certainly are. Um, On average, the majority of your brewers out there are people that were home brewers. And, you know, they've they've learned from trial and error in their garage or the basement, the the college dorm, you know, something along those lines. And they developed their product and created a great product that has enabled them to open up a brewery and succeed commercially. There's other brewers that have taken a less, I guess I'll call traditional path when, in fact, it was a more traditional path. And there's two particular brewers that I really enjoy talking about on our tours and one of them is Collusion Tapworks, which is located in the city of York. And the other one is Winding Path, which is located at Windridge Farm in uh, Dallastown, Pennsylvania, south of the city. The, the things that are unique about them is the head brewer at Collusion is a fellow by the name of Jarrett Barnes. And Jarrett's story is very interesting and very compelling to me because he started off wanting to be an engineer and he went off to Penn State. And things one way or the other weren't going that great. And his dad kind of pulled him aside and said, hey, what's going on? And he said, I want to be a brewer, you know, and, you know, for for all the listeners out there that are parents, if they could only imagine their their kid comes back to them and says, I don't want to go to college anymore. I want to make beer that that had to be a rather challenging conversation. And to Jared's father's um, uh, what's the word I want to use to uh, his credit. He said, if that's really what you want to do, let's do it the right way. And next thing you know, Jarrett went off to Germany and he studied at the Dolman Institute and learned how to be a traditional brewer and brought that uniqueness, you know, back here to the States. And then the the one at uh, at Windridge at Winding Path is uh, a lady by the name of Irina Weiss. And she is the only female head brewer that we have in York County. And as you know, most, most people in the craft beer industry know, the majority of people involved are white guys with beards. And if in, you know, the, there's, very, there's not a lot of minority representation and that's changing, which is a great thing. You know, we're seeing a lot more minorities, people of color, women and so forth. And they bring a different and unique exposure to the craft beer industry. And also it opens it up to different segments of the population that may not necessarily have been interested in craft beer before. Because, oh, it's a bunch of bunch of guys and I don't want to get involved in that. Now, all of a sudden women are doing it. They go, oh, there's, there's a relatability, right? Yes. And I think that that's the other thing that if you have this perception that that's somebody else's thing. And then you see somebody go, oh, that can be my thing too, right? Yeah. That's strong. I like that. It absolutely is. There's uh, good friends of ours up in Harrisburg. It's uh, They've been in the process of uh, creating a brewery that's called uh, Harris Brothers. And it's an all-Black brewery. My understanding is they're the first to have done that. And that's great because it is 
that relatability. And if you get a chance to talk to them about their story, they, they started brewing beer and had it at some block party that they had. And everybody was coming up and go, and they go, what the hell is that? You know, it's not, it's not something that their community was familiar with. Right. And they introduced it to them now. And now those people have a new appreciation for craft beer. So yeah, it's, it's all about relating. One of the things that as the brew tours, the, the brewery tours, as far as what you're doing, I'm thinking while we're talking, I mean, I can't imagine all the opportunity that you might take advantage of. And when I say take advantage of, because as you said, there's not a lot of this going on. And from what I'm hearing you say, Glenn, not a lot with consistency and success. You've done this predominantly now over one, a pandemic and grown your business and grown your clientele and grown the attention of what you're doing. But also, let's face it, you're doing this over a time of inflation where I'm sure that renting the bus or gassing up the bus was less expensive. You know, it, it, your, your, yes. your prices went up, you know, you know, look, the breweries are facing it. They have to raise their prices, you know, glassware, um, grains, everything. everything, even their water. I mean, everything has gone up exponentially. So you're growing this business. In, in, in a time when you've, you've gotten through or worked through a pandemic and now dealing with the side of inflation, do you see, like I'm reading a, a book right now about beer barons, the beer barons of Cincinnati. Mm. And I'm fascinated that I, I wish we would have stopped and really taken, or it's, I, I didn't even look into the fact of whether there's somebody doing a tour for that particular um, situation in Cincinnati to see where a lot of these old breweries were taking you through some of the breweries, letting you sample some of the beers that have, most of them died out or got, you know, destroyed by prohibition. Right. Some of them, it was just, they, they grew these breweries in the late 1800s. And by the time that they reached that older part of their age, either they didn't have enough family or the kids weren't, you know, well off and financially they didn't run it like dad did. But Something like that. Do you see brewery tours doing something similar to where you'll go to a different regions and start or or doing special tours and say, you know, hey, we're going to go to this area and, you know, we're going to, as you said, charter a bus and we're going to go visit some others. I don't know if I'm giving you ideas. I don't know if I'm like enticing you to share ideas you don't want anybody else to know about. But some, are, what are some of the expansion plans for brewery tours? So th those are great stories. And, you know, regarding the Cincinnati, I, I'll have to look for that book. That sounds like an interesting read. You it's, know, one it's, it's one thing. Look, it talks about all these different beer barons and mm -hmm. the underlying theme of the whole book is they all came from, you know, this area or most of them came from an area in Germany. Um, they settled in an area which was the German community in Cincinnati yeah. and they all just brew, brewed beer. But it's similar. There's this work ethic. Man, and that's the exact same that's thing what that it happened is. in New York. And it probably happened in many other communities as well. You know, in, in addition to just doing these tours, I love history. I'm, I'm a big history nut. And I actually lecture on the history of craft beer in York County. And, you know, going back to before the, the founding of our country, you know, there were people that came here in, in the early to mid 1700s that were from Bavaria which is probably very similar to what was happening in Cincinnati. And the uh, number of breweries that were here in the York area leading up to prohibition and 
the vast majority of them had collapsed by then. Some survived afterwards. But, you know, those things are always very interesting. And it's one of the things we like to add to our tours that is just not about beer. You know, beer is certainly the focal point, but I love sharing history. And it's history. If you take the tour in York, it's the history of York. If you take the tour in Hanover, it's a tour. It's the history of Hanover or Lancaster or Gettysburg or wherever our tours may be. So they're very specific to the location that you're doing them in. So they are very um, specialized. So it's not the same tour, you know, if, if you do them on different locations. It but, sounds like one of the things you connected with, and I find, and I share this, you can buy that beer on the shelf. You can see that beer that is behind the glass in a cooler. Once you learn the history and once you understand the brewer and you learn, you connect to that beer, that's where that beer tastes what it tastes like. And that's why you want to share it with friends because you learn that story it becomes so much more of a, a, an uplifting experience. It's just not another beer. You're, you're, you're spot on. And one of the other things that you had mentioned is we are uh, doing charter tours outside of the area. So it is not uncommon for us to do a, a tour down into Maryland or, you know, halfway, you know, across the state. We, we've, we've been up in Lebanon and, um, uh, you know, the upper parts of uh, Lancaster, Lidditz. Uh, we've been up in Harrisburg, things of that nature. So we, we are continuing to expand. And what's kind of nice at this point is people are reaching out, breweries are reaching out to us, say, hey, can we be a part of this tour? And that's exciting because, you know, in the beginning, we're like, please, will you be a part of our tour? <laughs> right. <laughs> Brewery tours who? Right. <laughs> that's right. Go away. You're bothering me, kid. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So you do specifically, this is really beer encompassing. Are there any plans to work into distilleries or cideries? I mean, I, I can tell you um, Old Republic Distillery, uh, Bill Mathias, who is yes. in York. He was one of the guests on the podcast and, you know, he's doing a great job there, but he's not beer, but he has an appreciation for beer. Are there any plans to include any other, you know, expressions of, of the spirit world, the alcohol drinking world that you would include on the tours? Yeah, that's a good question. So at this point, it's our intent to stay with beer. Um, and if, and when we, feel like we have completely gotten on top of this, uh, then I think we would certainly consider moving into distilleries or cideries. At this point, I don't think there's enough cideries in the area to, to do a, a tour. But that being said, um, we do try to incorporate some of those things into our tours already. You know, case in point, if you happen to go on one of our brew bus tours that visits Winding Path that I had mentioned earlier, Windridge Farm is a 77-acre, 100-year-old farm. Gorgeous place. Absolutely. just the, the scenery is fantastic. They have a brewery, which is Winding Path, but then they also have a cidery, which is under the Windridge Farm name. So typically what we'll do with our flights there is we'll do three beers and a cider. So we'll bring that cider in and try to match that along with the with the beers that we're having there. So we like to do that. Um, we're currently in conversation with Gettysburg and Gettysburg has Jack Cider out there. So we they would certainly be including them Plowman. as well. 
What's that? <laughs> I said they also have plowmen, so don't forget they're yes, on the they do. Thank you. You're, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, I can't. And when you, and when you don't these, mention our children, <laughs> that's right. I got to make sure I, I, I got to open my wallet. To, look, look, look at these. If I didn't yeah. say. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. No, but Gettysburg's awesome. And when you talk about history and the con- you know the connection to history and 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 spirits and alcohol and you know yeah, there was a battle there. Lincoln showed up, but when you talk about the history and the people and what they were doing prior after, there's a huge amount of appreciation for what was done there too. Very much so. So it's yeah, it's it's, it's a town that I really do love from the history standpoint, and I think it'll be a really unique experience to combine both of those passions. Holidays? You you doing any buses for St. Patrick's Day or for um, Oktoberfest? Things that people can look forward to. So we typically don't do tours on St. Patty's Day weekend, the weekend before and the weekend after, because the breweries are packed, right. and you know it's it's not a good experience for our guests. So we typically don't run them on those particular uh, days. But we do often have other special events uh, that are related to holidays, such as Oktoberfest, for example. We always uh, very much uh, like breaking out the lederhosen and uh, get, getting our lager on. <laughs> now, if I were to ask you, or through your experiences, where did you start in beer? What kind of beers do you gravitate towards now, Glenn? So where I started, boy, that's a good question. I'm, I'm not really sure, uh, but I, I can tell you... Where, where I'm at right now is I've kind of faded away from IPAs. Um, I, I feel like I've gotten a little a little spent on it, particularly everybody's making, well, I guess we don't call them New England IPAs anymore. I guess the, the industry term is hazy IPA today, but it seems like everybody's got a hazy IPA and they're all big juice bombs. And I've noted a lot more of the, the higher ABVs that are happening today. And they sell. What, what can you say? They, th- those, those are what sell. And I don't, I don't say anything negative about the brewers wanting to put stuff on the shelves that people are going to buy right up. That's good for them. It's good for me. Um, but if you open up my fridge today, you're going to find a lot more Pilsners in there. You know, because you come home from work, you know, you're tired. You, you have a, a double IPA that's 8.7%. And next thing you know, yeah. you know I'm, I'm out on the sofa. You know, I can have one or two Pilsners that are still very delicious and, uh, and have a decent evening. So my, my evenings are usually uh, ponying up with a Pilsner right now. Yeah, I mean, you, to your point, I mean, there are a lot of those beers with higher ABVs that you love to sit down and you almost want to share even a can with somebody because of, first of all, flavor character, mm-hmm. body experience, but you know, you know, you can't have more than one if you're, if you're just drinking that one. And like you said, if I'm coming home for work or, you know, I, I have things to do and still do work, I can enjoy a couple of cans, like you said, of a, of a Pilsner or, or a lager or something, something of that nature. So that, that to me, I, I feel the same way. And I think that's a good, you know, idea of your experience that you share and you're out there in the brewing community. You're an advocate for them. You're a, you know, spokesperson. So you're echoing even what I think the consumer is thinking about now. Look, IPAs, I mean, you know, lots of flavor and you talked about the juiciness and the haziness and all that stuff, but how much of that before people start saying, all right, what's else, what else is out there? What else can I try in the beer world? That's right. That's right. And, you know, and the, the beer consumer is, is a, is a fickled animal. 
right? You know, it's the with with the advent of Untapped and and all of those other things, people are always going, "What's next? What's new?" Well, I've had that before. Let me try something different, which puts a lot of pressure on the brewers to keep coming up with new concepts, and that's not always easy. You know, it's the the brewer that you go in there and they've got their their steady set, you know, week in week out does attract a certain group because they're like, oh, I like that beer. That's a beer that that I enjoy having. But yet, there's a very large segment of the of the the beer drinking population that gets there and they start looking at the board and going, had it, had it, had it, had. Okay, oh, there's I haven't had that one. Let me get that. You know, and it it creates a rather interesting. Um, you know, dichotomy between what the brewers are trying to accomplish and and what the consumer uh, wants. Glenn, have you been able to use your influence now in the craft brewery scene, at least in the markets you're in, to get certain allocations set aside so that you can have it available for your clientele, similar to what a, a single barrel release may be like for a whiskey group or club? Have you been able to infiltrate the world a little bit there? We, we have. We We've been very very uh, successful in being able to provide unique experiences that you're not going to be able to do on your own. And, and it really came from establishing relationships with the brewers. You know, we've now been operating, uh, we, we created, it'll be almost five years now, uh, it'll be five years come this December. And we've worked really hard on trying to earn the trust of the brewers and, you know, showing them that this is mutually beneficial and they've been very receptive to that by providing us unique experiences. It, it doesn't happen every time, uh, but it happens uh, enough times that makes it really special for a lot of people. One of, one of my favorite stories is we went into the back and uh, into the brew house and I wasn't expecting the brewer there. He just happened to be there because he had something to do. And he goes, come with me. And he brought the group <laughs> over and we got some glasses and everybody got, everybody got to drink right out of a bright tank. And it, it was a really fun experience for everybody. See, I think that's what, again, when people think about, uh, you know, we just go to a brewery, we try some beers, we get in the bus, we go to the next place. What you're doing is you're setting yourself apart. You're making it special. You're making it unique. And for what your guests can experience, you never know what's going to happen when you show up at that brewery. But to your point, look, if you're not willing to build a relationship with even the person, you know, pulling the taps and ask questions, you're never going to get behind the scene. You're never going to, all right, I know you got a bottle sitting back there somewhere that's not for sale. What do you got? I mean, but, but that's the experience. And that's what you provide for that guest that's above and beyond what they could do if they crafted their own tour. Absolutely. That's what, yeah, we, we have a very good understanding of going, okay, this was a very small batch. It's very limited. If you don't have it right now, you're probably never going to see it again. You know, whereas you walk into the bar, you, you have no idea. It's just another beer on the list. Like you, like we talked about, like you introduced, I get excited. I enjoy hearing your story and learning more about what you're doing and the connection there. Are there any things that maybe come to your mind? Are there any points that you'd like to share that maybe we didn't cover today while we were speaking on the podcast? Uh, let's see here. Um, support your brewer, support your brewer, support your brewer, you know, is, you know, it's, it's been rather amazing, you know, is, as I mentioned a couple of times, we've, we've got over 9,000 breweries here in the country and we continue to have that, that vertical climb 
of breweries. And the only reason that that's possible is because people like you and me and your listeners are going to the breweries and purchasing their, their wares. So they're only there because of us and we need to continue to support them. Yep. If, if they're not there, if they're not working every day, getting dirty, you know, stuck in sanitizer all day, they can't produce the great beers that they're producing. Absolutely. So Glenn, how do people find brewery tours? How do people find you? So our website is ultimatecraftbeerexperience.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Google. Uh, I'm probably forgetting something out there. Uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, there's everything, right? Yeah. So if you type in brewery tours, we also have a YouTube channel where we do, you know, we have some of our, our episodes are on there because we occasionally uh, will go out and interview breweries or do do something fun, do something incredibly stupid uh, <laughs> just because. Or fun and stupid. I mean, it could be yeah. both hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> look, find brewery tours on the socials. Look them up. I, look, I, I think this makes look a great, a great Saturday, great Sunday, you know, enjoyable weekend. You do it once. You're going to want to do it again. It makes a great gift for somebody, I would imagine. Father's yes. Day, Mother's Day is coming up. Gift All cards are available. <laughs> yeah. Glenn, this has been a treat for me. Thank you so much. I know this has been a couple of months in the works to try to get together and you know get our schedules to mix. I can't wait to come out to York or try one of your tours. I'm excited for that. Or when you decide to open up in the Philadelphia area, I'll definitely be uh, on the bus. I know you're pointing, coming. so <laughs> it's coming. I can't wait because there are plenty of local breweries here that I think would really benefit from, from the experience that you're providing everybody. No doubt. Rich, I greatly appreciate you having us on, you know, the opportunity to get out and, and what I like to call share the beer love. Share the beer love. And yeah. thanks for becoming a friend of Fermented Adventure. We look forward to talking to you more, seeing you uh, out there in the beer scene and supporting your local brewer for sure. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks, Glenn.